What's going on, Defenders? Welcome to a beautiful Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday night, whatever night or time of the day you're listening to episode 189 of the most LAFC podcast in the solar system. My name, the toast from the East Coast. I give myself that, so therefore it's self-proclaimed. I am one Christian Philly Philemon. And sitting with me in semi-famous Nina Monster Studios in Lawndale, <laughs> California, the mouth of the South Bay, the tyrant of threads, the scarf scooper himself, J.R. Liebert. The scarf. The scarf. <laughs> What's well, good, brother? I was wondering what I was scooping there for a minute. I was a little worried, but... Uh... No, dude, look, we just got back from Bank California Stadium on a beautiful Wednesday evening where there were several thousand fans in attendance. Most of Figueroa Club and the 3252, the North End, was full. It was a beautiful night for some open cup soccer. That's right. The 103rd, I believe, edition of the U.S. Open Cup. No, excuse me, 103 teams this year. It's like the 113th edition or whatever of the U.S. Open Cup. What number are we at? No, so what I'm, what you're getting at is this would technically be the 107th That's U.S. Open Cup. There was a streak that was going on, consecutive Open Cups since 1914, but obviously COVID derailed everything because yep. we haven't had an Open Cup since 2019. But this would be the 107th 107th U.S. Open Cup. And, and and this is a record 103 teams participating this year in the U.S. Open Cup. LAFC, by virtue of being in Major League Soccer, the nation's highest competitive league of soccer, we come in in the third round of this. So teams have already been competing once, if not already twice. Orange County Soccer Club, a very familiar foe to LAFC Philly, would be the opponent on the night. And look, it's safe to say... Tonight is a night of celebration. Yeah, I mean, there's been there's been some stuff to celebrate within the world of LAFC, and that's a cool thing. And I'm sure you guys are wondering, how the hell are Philly and the Scarf up to episode 189 yeah. when they never bothered giving us 188? Well, defenders, <laughs> this is a hashtag blame Philly. Sadly, it's more of a hashtag blame Schmitty McMittens. Aww. We'll get more into that later, but episode 188 previewing the SKC game is in the cans. It will come out to you. I couldn't be on the episode. I tried for 10 minutes. I spat out a bunch of profanity, and honestly, I just couldn't. I had to put Schmitty <laughs> down. I'll talk about that at the end, but we're, we're here to celebrate. That episode's coming out, but we will have this for you for your Thursday morning commute because, you know, we are who we are, and once, you know, Scarf, does it, Scarf always does his thing. Once Philly's on his game, there's no beating the defenders, so with that in place, let's get into this match or yeah, into look, things in general. Yeah, I think this is one of those, Philly, where it's an open cut match, right? Things are a little different. Things are a little weird. Things are a little off. So I think we're going to go straight into it. Look, normally we do news and notes. Normally we do. Oh, wait, there's one little bit of news and note maybe that we want to address, Philly, here on this. You mean I, rumors. I, I think, you know. Kind of solidified by one Tom Bogart? Uh, yeah, we had, uh, what, Dan McIntyre, I believe, was Doug McIntyre, excuse me, Doug McIntyre, and then the Bogue bomb was dropped there Tommy by Tom Bogart, right? So what they're saying now is that it looks like it's going to be an 18-month at least contract extension for one Carlitos Vela. He will remain a designated player for us. I think this is really interesting times. It's really good. And uh, I think that we'll talk about this in just a little bit once we get into the game. We might have seen the new Carlos Vela for what he's going to morph into later on in this contract. This was a very interesting night 
for LAFC. It certainly was. And obviously you said it, it's U.S. Open Cup. Weird things have happened. There have been MLS teams that have been knocked out by non-MLS teams. Yep. It's been a good thing, but fortunately we weren't the one team to get booted, unlike you know, Chicago Fire, to, to, just to name one out Chicago of Chicago Fire, Columbus Crew, Real Salt Lake, FC Broccoli. I mean, come on. MLS, represent. Do better. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. So going into today's match, all right, LAFC in MLS, 5-1-1, leading Major League Soccer with 16 points. This was LAFC's third time in the U.S. Open Cup. There was no Open Cup since 2019, and again, that ended a streak of 106 consecutive competitions dating back to 1914, two years after the Titanic sunk. That is a long time. Now, the team that we squared off against, and we'll get into them in a little bit, Orange County Soccer Club, was only the third USL team that LAFC engaged in with battle. In the history of LAFC with the U.S. Open Cup, they are 5-2. and two. And we can really quickly go over what they did in 2018. They made it all the way to the semifinals. All the way to the semifinals. It was, that was the day you were at the Weezer concert. I yeah, that. and I yelled in the middle of a bar in the back of the Weezer concert, little bar area, and I forgot that I was not uh, by myself. I screamed, and there were like 17 people I scared the crap out of. No, and I wish, I mean, I don't wish I could have been there. I wish I could have been a fly for that second, because we were at free play. It was Panda and I, and we watched one of the most entertaining games at that point in LAFC's brief history, it it was a hat trick by Diego Rossi, and he equalized the game to send it into extra time in the 90-plus fifth minute. LAFC made it into the semifinals of the U.S. Open Cup in their inaugural season. But unfortunately, due to a couple of blemishes by one Laurent Simon and one Latif Blessing, the Houston Dynamo ended Ugh. up beating LAFC to put, put, propel themselves into the final of the U.S. Open Cup, and they ended up winning that year. So... That kind of sucked, but we did beat two <laughs> USL teams in that of Fresno you FC. You just said that Houston won a trophy. Like, think about what that sounds like now, just four years later. Houston is a dumpster fire. Well, I don't know. They might be on the up and up. Those Texas teams are playing decently. Eh, blind squirrels and acorns. Go on. All right, fair enough. So we beat two, US, two USL teams that year. One in Fresno FC. They are no longer that. They are Somos Monterey Zoros. right now. And uh, Sacramento Republic gave us a big run for our money. If it wasn't for a late goal in the 89th minute by Latif Blessing, we might have gotten really ridiculed and laughed at. Philly, little known fact, that was actually the second time that year that we played Sacramento Republic. Our first ever preseason match uh, yes. was up at, was it Papa John's or Little Caesars or whoever was their, their stadium pizza company. Uh, it, was, <laughs> it was up there. And and look, Marco Ureña, the first ever preseason goal in club history. But yeah, you know, Sacramento Republic, we had a little target on our back, and Sacramento gave us their best shot, but didn't work out. No, it did not work out at all. And so, yes, we ended up winning our first three U.S. Open Cup games. We beat Fresno June 6, 2018, 2-0, powered by goals by Diego Rossi and Latif Blessing. A couple weeks later, we beat Sac Republic. Benny Failhaber, Diego Rossi, and Latif Blessing again. Latif Blessing scoring goals. I sure as hell hadn't seen that in a Ugh. while. And then we got our third game against the pesky pine trees of Portland. It was an own goal, a goal by Carlos Vela, and you mentioned it earlier, Marco Ureña. And then that propels us to the fourth game, which we already talked about. That's 2018. Right. 2019, the last year we were in the U.S. Open Cup, we only made it to the quarterfinals. Scarf, would we play that? 
Look, in our first game, it was RSL, and it's more of the same what we do to them up in Sandy, Utah. Carlos Vela, Lee Wynn, and a player who I still miss and want him to come back through that door sometime soon, Adama Diamande, to put it away in the third minute of stoppage time in the second half. So 3 nothing win there, and then 3-1. Uh, was the result against San Jose, more Diego Rossi, more Adama Diamande, and more Carlos Vela love. And unfortunately, at Bank of California Stadium, and I can still remember Dave Denholm's call because I've listened to this several times about Portland literally hanging on. It was a match where I really feel like we outplayed Portland, but then Portland did Portland things, writhing around on the ground, pretending there were fouls, taking 12 minutes to take a goal kick, a corner kick, a free kick, you name it. And it was Jeremy Abobasi, currently of the San Jose Earthquakes, have fun there, bud, that took <laughs> scored the only goal. We lost one nothing to knock us out at home. Again, another home loss in a situation that matters. At home, out in the quarterfinals, we had high hopes for that year in 2019. Philly, I'm feeling like this is going to be another one of those years where we make it real far in the Open Cup. We've only had two, uh, as, as Max Bredos would say, bites at the cherry. Our third bite at the cherry here in 2022, Philly. I'm thinking all good things. Yeah, all good things. Hey, shout out to our buddies in All Good Things. Uh, we know you guys are big listeners to the podcast. Check out their song, For the Glory, if you haven't checked it out yep. already. Multi-million views on Spotify. And they are big-time LAFC fans. In fact, we interviewed them early on season one. We need to get back to interview Scarf. We, we got we got new podcasts sprouting out, and God bless them getting people like Ryan Holling said, we need to get back to the interview game. Yeah. We haven't had a player interview since Eddie Segura last season. And so you and I are better than that. We can do that. <laughs> but um, anyway, painting the table. Also, we already gave you a history about LAFC within the U.S. Open Cup. Let's talk about our competitors real quick. We're going to talk about Orange County Soccer Club, a team that coming into the season one, two and two, 11th place in the West. But don't let that record fool you. This is a team that is the defending USL champions. They won last season by defeating the Tampa Bay Rowdies three to one. But like USL teams go, anytime you have some success, you're going to have some turnover because players are going to get moved around, players are going to get sold, and players are going to you know do their thing. But LAFC, we do have a history with this team. Yeah, look, we they were our former redheaded step, excuse me, former USL affiliate. I always get those two terms mixed up. <laughs> look, when you said they won the championship last year, I wanted that little horn sound effect of like woo. All right, they won the USL championship. Look, this is a team that's not very good this year. This is our, our former downstairs neighbor, the former affiliate for us. It lasted one whole season. Technically it, two years. We signed with them in yeah, 2016. I don't Right. But when we actually had players, it just didn't go very well for LAFC. It wasn't a very reciprocal relationship. There were some issues with Orange County Soccer Club's ownership, all kinds of stuff. They wound up rebranding as part of our uh, affiliation with them. They were the Orange County Blues at one point. Uh, more on that in just a little bit as well. Look, they play down on the mean streets of Irvine, home of Al Rate, down there in Irvine. And look, they it's USL soccer is fun. USL championship soccer is fun. But Orange County, look, their fan support is okay. Their place where they play is okay. Usually their results are okay. I'm not all that worried about this team coming in. A few affiliations, though. Everybody remember Buba Lopez? Yeah. I remember Booba. 
He was a former Orange County, I think he was an Orange County Blue, right? Orange County Blue. He might have even played down there when they were Orange County Soccer Club. Nico Chornomage. Chornomage, yes. Nico Chornomage. Don't worry. We'll wait. Yep, Google it. It's a CZ if you're trying to spell it. Nico Chornomage, a member of the inaugural club. And look, one of our favorite guests we've ever had on the pod, Charlie Lyon. Yeah, 2017. All, uh, all connected back, as well as Amadou Dia, a trialist who, who hung out with LAFC for just a little bit. In 2019, yes. Yeah, Philly. Look, a couple of players who I'm really excited to watch. First and foremost, when you and I saw the December 2021 list of U.S. men's national team camp call-ins, we were going down the list, and we're like, okay, cool, yeah, Walker Zimmerman, heard of him. Yeah, okay, Ricardo Pepe, heard of him. Yeah, all these other guys. Who in the heck is Kobe Henry from Orange County Soccer Club? He was all of 17 years old, Philly, when yeah. he was called in. I was very excited to see him play. I'm still looking for him. I'm, I'm still uh, – I, I don't – I don't know if I saw him out there today. He uh, That's because he was busy getting ready for prom. Got it. 17. Got it. He, he was 17. nowhere to be found on the pitch. Nowhere to be. I was He's, super. He was fitting for his tux. I was really excited to see him play, Philly. Speaking of speaking of fitting for his tux, he's closer to being in the grave than he is his, uh, his soccer career. Eric Kubo Torres, the oh, old man. man in OC. An old man at 29. <laughs> I know, but he plays like an old man already. Like, I just don't like Eric Kubo Torres. There uh, are a lot of people that were excited to see him, in particular fans of Chivas Guadalajara, because he obviously spent some time there. Great. If you're a fan of Chivas USA, which everybody likes to clown on us. Yeah, he, he was part of that. He was part of it. 20 goals in four. 44 games for yeah. Chivas. Atlanta United, he spent some time there. and the kid, Only because Joseph Martinez got hurt. And then he had seven caps with L3, scoring one goal. So, I mean, this is a kid that, well, let's put it this way, uh, for lack of a better term, has gotten put out to the pasture. And if there's anybody that was going to shoot him, it was going to be LAFC. Talk but, about the wheels hey, falling off quickly. I mean... 29, he goes for... He, he basically... It's like the exact opposite of the French, fresh Prince of Bel Air. Like he didn't go from <laughs> West Philadelphia to Bel Air. It was like his rise from Bel Air to the hood, right? The hood of Orange County. That is. Look, I, I will say, look, you and I would trade our professional soccer careers for his professional soccer career. He played with his national team. He's gotten to play for. He played for Cholos for a while. He played all over the place in uh, in Liga MX, as well as having a very lucrative career here. But oh, how the mighty have fallen! I was excited, Philly. The uh, the German goalkeeper uh, Rakowski, right? Formerly of the FC Schalke system, so I was kind of interested to see how he would play today. He did not look good today either, by the way. No, he he certainly did not look good, and most LAFC supporters would probably side with uh, Borussia Dortmund because of you know our ties there and the fact that our supporters went in there to kind of learn things from their supporters. If there's anything. A Borussia Dortmund supporter hates in this world is Schalke people. So, you know, maybe he would have gotten booed, but we got, we got, uh, I mean, they had a couple of really good players on their team. Obviously, Kubo Torres, a player to keep an eye out for going into their one, two and two season, a goal and an assist. You had number seven, and I don't know, I, I might butcher his name, Milan Mylan Olowski. Uh, that guy, and we'll talk about what he did later on in this pod, was pretty impressive. Leading the, the uh, leading the team with two goals. And then Okoli, another player to watch out for. Big number 19, big forward who absolutely punked the hell out of Pancho Janela on a couple of occasions. He had two goals on the season, but 
That was it. This is a team that, again, looking to rebound. They're the defending USL champions, but 50% overhaul on their roster. They did bring in this Danish guy by the name of Danny Peterson, number 12, who, uh, you know, much like your buddy Kobe Henry, was not really seen. Right. But that's the story. A team that has only scored five goals on the season and allowed six. The only team they beat was Rio Grande Valley. Not a good start for Orange County Soccer Vipers. Club. I think they're the Vipers. Rio Grande Or Toros, Or oh, is it Toros? They might be, yeah. Yeah, you know, there was one other, just let me throw out another quick player here, Danilo Acosta, another player who I was kind of looking uh, forward yes, to Oh, yes, yes. Played for RSL for a while, played for Orlando for a hot second, even capped twice for the uh, the crew down in Carson. This seems like the Island of Misfit Toys out there in Orange <laughs> County Soccer <laughs> I just, uh, there's just so little to get excited about. But that being said, Philly, someone else who I was excited to see was the man roaming the sidelines, Richard Chaplow. Richard Chaplow, their, their head coach. Uh, if you think you've heard that name before, that's because he was suspended multiple games for gay slurs towards Robbie Rogers in a match against the Galaxy several years ago. Nothing spells orange curtain like that. All right, Richard Chaplow, take a bow, buddy. First, before coming to Orange County, he literally hopscotched all over England. This guy has played for Burnley, for West Brom, for Southampton, for Preston, for Millwall, for Ipswich, for Doncaster. So nobody good. Nobody good for before going to the mean streets of Irvine down there in Orange County. A really interesting career. At one point, you know, he was kind of looked at by West Brom as maybe a, a fixture on the front line. Uh, played a lot of matches in the championship. Just a lot of matches in the championship. Yeah, see, it's interesting that you went down that route because I really thought you would go down the route of him being the, uh, let's put it this way, the thorn in Steve Trundolo's side. And the reason why I say that is because he was at the helm of the Orange Curtain Soccer Club yep. last season. And obviously Steve Trundolo was part of the Las Vegas Lights. In Chirondolo's season, he only won six games. He squared off against Orange County Soccer Club on four occasions, only managing to best them one time. So I really thought that's going to be the direction that you were going to go. If I were Steve Chirondolo, I would have like thrown everything and the kitchen sink at Orange County Soccer Club for what they did and how they were embarrassed him. But, you know, I think they, they kind of did that. I was going to say, I mean, let's be real here. I think I think they pretty much did that. Uh, what I love, Philly, is is so far uh, in Steve Chirundolo's career, you mentioned he won how many games last year with Las Vegas? Uh, six. How many games has he won now in his first uh, eight games what, what, for LAFC? Six. There you go. Everyone, hey, oh, wait, he's only lost one. And honestly, I'm not even uh, consider that a loss. I would consider that a Chris Penso asterisk game. Turns out Dolo Ball works, guys. This is a lot of fun. All right, back, back to OCSC. Here we go. Philly? Yep. Yep. Starting lineups. Oh, yeah. All right. So the uh, starting lineup for OCSC. Look, we mentioned a lot of the players that we're really excited about seeing. Uh, but for Orange County Soccer Club, like I mentioned, Richard Chaplow, we had the German keeper. Why is this not pulling up? I am literally trying to hit my notes right now. And there we go. Thank hey, you, notes. all right. We should keep that in the pod. No, yeah, we'll see, keep it. Why we not? have technical difficulties beyond our control. Behind. At times we're not... Absolutely as professional as you think. Behind the uh, behind the orange curtain down there, it's Rakowski in goal. It, look, Kobe, they, they said Kobe Henry started. I was still waiting to see him play out there. I mean, that kid, he just Prom disappeared. Prom scarf. Prom. Gorski, Acosta, uh, Okoli, Tony Rocha, Peterson, who you had mentioned they just signed. Philly, remember Alex Villanueva? 
early on in training for in preseason for LAFC, we were both wondering who's that number forty four kid out there? That ex Sounders product. Uh, what, what, what did you find, Philly? A, uh, a Delta official airline so LAFC luggage, luggage name tag. Where where was that? Was that it's on the made table? in Taiwan? Yeah, that's uh, I got that at one of the games. Squirrel, uh, squirrel. That's what Alex happened. Alex Villanueva was playing uh, on the in the midfield. He was playing on the left side there in the midfield when we had three guys across on the midfield for LAFC. So here he is with OCSC. I was kind of looking forward to seeing him play. Uh, Kuningas, who is Cal Jennings' doppelganger, number 25, for OCSC Eloski and Eric Kubo-Torres on the front row. Look, they had some subs. We talked a little bit about some of these guys, but it, it, they got crushed. It doesn't matter. This is where you cue in that Gary Gold, who are you? Right? right? But what I was most excited about, Philly, is to see who LAFC would start in this match because this really tells you how seriously or not this club is taking it because we've mentioned it before. A lot of MLS clubs don't quite take this as seriously. LAFC came to play. Yeah, and LAFC, look, there's so many players that have gotten to start. I mean, we can't say we've had many consistent starters. I mean, Ilias Sanchez yeah. is one guy who, for the most part, has played every game. But we can't say there have been a lot of players on our team that have gotten to start every single game. What was very interesting watching warm-ups was we finally got to see a glimpse of Tomas Romero wearing that Rockstar yeah, training kit. Finally, All right, Maxime Cripo clearly has the day off. And, well... If the interview yesterday didn't give you a hint as to who was going to start in between the pipes, it was one John McCarthy, our backup keeper all season, our backup keeper, let's try that again, our backup keeper all season long, (laughs) who came to us via Inter Miami, where he was still a backup keeper. But nevertheless, we'll talk about him. He gets to start in between the pipes. Franco Escobar. Didn't think he would play the entire game, but he was there and he 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 made some moves. That was he exciting. Played well. Daniil Henry making himself in, uh, inserting himself into the lineup. Uh, Sebastian Ibiaga, Cheeky Palacios starting, but not only just starting. Cheeky Palacios captained this side. He that was a key. surprise. And I'll tell you, in his play, he certainly took that responsibility seriously. So that was pretty cool. Latif Blessing gets the start. We have a free, hashtag free poncho scenario. Poncho got punked a little bit, but we'll talk about that. Jose Cifuentes <laughs> not sporting those goldie locks Yeah, what anymore. happened? That was quick all of a sudden. Yeah, I, I can't say I liked it. And I, I'm a, I appreciate people trying to you know do their hair color and do all kinds of things. I used to do all that crap, too. I had, I had a Blue Mohawk at one point in my life, but it just didn't suit Sifu, at least in not my opinion, and clearly nobody else liked it because he had that haircut for a cup of coffee. Anyway, but this is where, when you look at the front line, the next three players that we're going to mention, this is obvious that Steve Chirondolo wanted to come in and win this game, and not only just win it, harness and, and bring out your inner mighty ducks. It's not worth winning if you can't win big. <laughs> this was that forward lineup because you got Opoku who, man, the more this kid plays, the more he impresses the hell out of me. Chicho Arango, who had himself a hell of a game and a player who is dominant in USL, but above average, well above average in MLS, made himself superiorly above average. Danny the Moose. Yeah, look, we uh, I got to do a little watch party thing with 110 Football today, and we were talking about the pregame. It was Connor and myself and Philly. I said it pregame. I said, Danny Musovsky is getting a brace tonight. Danny Musovsky is getting a brace tonight. So what you're saying is Scarf Stradamus finally woke the frick up. He can figure out USL teams. That's, I think, what happened. And Philly, other than Thomas Romero and the aforementioned Ilya Sanchez, everybody else on the bench 
actually came into the match. We will talk about that as we go along. Philly, I thought that uh, uh, Sonny, right, was our, our Falcon of the game. I thought that was kind of a neat a little was sub it really? in it was Sonny. Oh, yeah. geez. All right. Sonny's looking more like Ollie's doppelganger. Dude, Sonny, uh, you had mentioned in your notes here. Is I'm he looking from at Philadelphia. <laughs> it's always Sonny there. Uh, named after the Sunset Boulevard, by the way, is where we get the name Sonny. That being said, Philly, a, a solid lure grabbing by one Sonny. Uh, really good job there. Didn't quite go as high as Ollie might, but you know what? It was also uh, Ken's son who was out there right in the middle, uh, flashing the lure and everything. Did a great job. Congrats to Sonny. It was always good to see that. And and you know what, Philly? It, I was I was you at the start of the MLS soccer season for LAFC. I was coming mean? into this match cautious. Not cautiously optimistic, not full speed ahead on the train like I have been with MLS and LAFC this entire season. I came into this match cautious because, you know, I I get that there's an automatic Champions League berth on the line here if we win the whole thing. But you know what? We can also get to the Champions League by winning the West. We can get to the Champions League by winning the Supporters' Shield. We can get to the Champions League by winning the whole damn thing in MLS Cup. There's lots of ways to get to CONCACAF Champions League. So I wasn't super concerned with trying to win MLS Open Cup until, like you mentioned, I saw this lineup and I said, okay, LAFC is trying to win, but we needed to start fast. And and luckily for us, Philly, LAFC got off to a pretty decent fast start. Yeah, they did. Within the first 50 seconds of the game, you saw a lot of fight by these boys. I mean, we argued all season long that they started off slow, but you had Cheeky, who muscled Villanueva out of the way for the ball, which was awesome. He ends up giving that ball to Latif, who gets a a shot on goal. Now, Latif doesn't have many goals, but if you look at his history in the U.S. Open Cup, Latif has found the back of the net. So if there was ever a time for Latif to find the back of the net, well, it would be in the U.S. Open Cup. His shot didn't have a lot of mustard. It got right into the hands of Rakowski. But hey, really, really good start to begin things. Third minute, Okoli absolutely bulldozed the hell out of Janela and not in the illegal way either. This is what happens when you get a big, massive forward battling against a, a young, very, well, you could say dainty Uruguayan. I mean, when I saw Janela getting muscled out of the way, I thought, yeah, no wonder this kid didn't start all that much. Uh, if he's getting yeah, he beaten, got beat up off the ball pretty good. I mean, yeah, if he's getting beat up by USL talent. I mean, there's no doubt he's going to get beat up by MLS talent. So, you know, we had a story there. Six-minute cross in the box by Orange County, but McCarthy was there to pick things off. But the moment that I thought could have been a backbreaker for LAFC <laughs> happened in the eighth minute. Why don't you talk about that near Zlatan-esque moment Look, we for Orange were County. sitting there watching on the opposite side, and he, right as he crosses midfield, he took a go at it. Iloski... It, it, we all said the same thing, just like you just said. It was Zlatan-esque. Now, luckily, on the replay, several different replays turned out. McCarthy, I don't believe, had to touch this one. It looked like it was going over the top just a little bit. But what a strike by Iloski. And look, right there, if we go down one nothing on a Zlatan-esque goal to Orange County Soccer Club, all of a sudden, you start to worry a little bit more about the narrative of slow starts and if there's something going on with Steve Chirundolo's system that leads them to a little bit of slow starts. That being said, because John McCarthy, who's making his first presence in an LAFC uniform, 
because he's able to tuck that ball over the top and they are able to play away the corner kick, it, it really does lead us into what happened in the 13th minute because you got the feeling like that moment, Philly, that Zlatan near miss woke LAFC up and they really started playing with a different level of intensity in the 13th minute. I love I love the note here by Philly. LAFC draws first blood. Yeah. Danny Musovski, what a play. What a little... There was ticky-tack football. It was so beautiful. Philly, the goal by the Moose, I thought about you as he scored, saying the Moose is loose at Bank California Stadium. We had a great time with it. Danny Musovski looked great. You, you missed the line. The Moose is loose, and he kicked Orange County in the caboose. Right? It was great. I mean, Cheeky, again, taking that captainship very seriously he was the uh the the first initial contributor to uh the the pass to Cifuentes Cifuentes had a great ball to Danny Musovsky and it was just him and the keeper and Danny Musovsky you know make make no joke of it Danny Musovsky can find the net back of the net better than most MLS forwards and you can say what you want about his talent level against major league soccer players but Danny Musovsky is clearly an outliner uh, outlier when it comes to uh, USL keepers and and, and backlines i mean he absolutely scorched it and it was pretty darn cool to get him on the boards in the 13th minute and we're up one to nothing. And well, the nice thing is we wouldn't have to look back at the rest of the game. Yeah, Philly, when was the last time we scored a goal inside the first 20 minutes? And we felt like, okay, we can kind of stretch our legs a little bit. We can kind of take stock of everything. That was a huge goal for LAFC because you saw the way that Orange County was playing defense in the first 10, 15 minutes or so. They were dropping nine and 10 guys back into the box. They were trying to... They weren't even really trying to catch us on the counter. They were just trying to play good enough defense so they can spring one out every now and then. And it was clearly not going to be. And now here they are just 13 minutes in, down a goal. And that kind of messes with your entire strategy. Even though they really didn't ever open up all that much. And look, we had a couple players down in the box over the course of the next 10 minutes. And these are the things you worry about in USL games. Like, oh my God, are we going to pick up a knock? especially Philly when we have a game in just four days down in FC Cincinnati. Another USL side, by the way. (laughs) You're you're definitely worried about your players picking up a knock so they can't be at their best, but no need to worry, Philly, as in the 34th minute, uh, look, you can say what you want about this, uh, this entire lead up here, but it is it. The first two goals, Philly, in my opinion, have been all about passing. Oh, all about passing indeed. So you nailed it. 34th minute. Great finish by Chicho Arango scoring in his third consecutive game at this point. Chicho, I believe, I mean, he's going to get a brace, which I believe at the end of the day is going to give him 18 goals since he's a part of LAFC. Not too bad for a season and a cup of coffee. But it wasn't so much the goal that was incredible. It was the pass by Chiqui Palacios, essentially being part of the second goal of the game. And once again, like I said, he's taking his captainship seriously. Cheeky played arguably his best, if not one of his best games as a member of the Black and Gold. He made that play happen. It was his efforts. All Chicho Arango had to do was fly in and belt it off his (laughs) shin. And that's exactly what happened. And now 34 minutes in, we're up 2-0. You know, I I want to talk about two things that you mentioned there. First and foremost, uh, Cheeky Palacios. I had not thought he had played this well all season. There are a lot of people that are very high on Cheeky Palacios. 
And, and I just wasn't because they might have been high. It's four twenty. It, 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 it is. You know what? Shout out to the forty two originals. You guys, Keaton. Were, he was on the jumbotron. Yeah, they a were times. ever present today at the bank. Let me tell you, I saw more forty two original scarves than any other scarf. <laughs> saw it on one of the today. security guards. <laughs> security guards. I saw it on some of the vendors outside. I saw it. the only thing I didn't see was whatever was going on over at the Coliseum over there, Pantheon twenty two. I'm I'm sure someone was walking around there with a forty two original scarf. That was they were plentiful. It was one of those things, though, where I feel like this, those two players that you just mentioned, Philly, Chiki Palacios and Chicho Arango, I thought that the goal against Carson could have been a pivotal turning point for Chicho Arango. And he's proving with goals in these last two matches, he just, and I mentioned this before, he just needed to get his mojo back, baby. And it looks like Chicho. Now has gotten his mojo back. That's for the the, the luggage tech. Hey, the, don't don't let my ADD play into your ADD. You were talking about a crucial thing. I, I was, was just playing with a <laughs> Delta airline luggage. Do you tag. know how those work? That's not how that works. Well, I'm trying to figure it out. I, the millions and millions don't need to hear this, this part. Is, this was for my entertainment, not is, yours or theirs. But it's my luggage tag. I want it to well, work. No, that, it's mine because Apparently, possession is nine tenths of the law. Just lost a luggage tag. You guys remember those Delta? Oh my God! How much do you travel? Off? You've got like six of these things. Uh, I, I'm going to be hopefully going to Pompeii on, uh, on August of 2023. We're talking about it at my school, anyway. Squirrel. Oh, speaking of Vesuvius, what'd you have for lunch today? Uh, <laughs> that was just a poop joke. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that gave me pleasure. Goodness. Good, good. So I, I think what we've seen, right, is that turning point for Chicho Arango. I, I'll tell you this. The turning point for Scarf shutting up about Cheeky Palacios. I know that it's a USL team, and maybe, you know, he, he's doing these things against inferior competition. But he was on another level today, Cheeky Palacios. Maybe Philly, you're right. Maybe it has to do with wearing the captain's armband. That could be a big thing. Maybe it just has to do with understanding that he feels like he's better than his competition that he was playing today, and he's starting to come into his own. But whatever it took, I I really feel like Cheeky and Chicho have taken the next step this season. I think that's huge for us moving forward. I think that having a player the caliber of Cheeky Palacios back there really does make LAFC extremely intimidating because what he can do on the offensive end like we saw today, right? Kellen Acosta type service today. I mean, he was absolutely beautiful on the offensive end. But this was the first game where I've seen him play at an A level on both sides, both sides of the ball today. I would agree. I mean, I think coming into the season, he had to fear losing his starting spot to Ryan Hollingshead. And let's not kid ourselves. Ryan Hollingshead has himself a couple of goals on the season. Certainly during the regular season, Ryan Hollingshead has proven his worth. Uh, But Cheeky gets the captain's armband. Unexpected if you look at who's in the lineup. I mean, Latif Blessing, the veteran of that lineup. Right. You could argue that maybe Chicho could have been that because, well, he was our leading scorer last year. But for Chirondolo to give that captain's armband to Cheeky, he just magically converted into a completely different player. So maybe, yeah, like we said, it was a mental thing more so than anything else. Maybe, yeah, fine. The competition clearly inferior. uh, Maybe to everybody, I'm going to say not as inferior as maybe FC Cincinnati is going to be next week. (laughs) But big, big deal. But even after Chicho 
scored his goal in the 34th minute. Seconds later, he nearly had a golasso of the year. Right. He took it like he tra- trapped it off his chest, and then he smashed one that just went off the keeper's hand and hitting the crossbar. I mean, that could have been the golasso of golassos, if you ask me. It was absolutely beautiful. And look, 45th minute, we were out of our seats on this pass by Danny Musovsky. Danny oh, yeah. Musovsky, if all due respect to Cheeky Palacios, Cheeky Palacios is going to have many opportunities to win man of the match and to have the best performance and everything else, which is why I personally, and we'll talk about this after the match too, I personally would have given it to Danny Musovsky. If for no other reason than a little back heel pass to a cutting Chicho Arango, I don't know, Philly, if there was a single OCSC player within the entire mouth of the goal. That move that Danny Musovsky did with a little cheeky back heel pass. Huh, damn it, he I, took my line away from I, me. I really think, Philly, Chicho could have picked up the ball and run it in a la the Los Angeles Giltinis that played just across the way. <laughs> huh. uh, obviously, he would have been called for a handball. It's but... the second Giltinis reference I've heard in 12 hours. This is amazing. <laughs> way to go, National Rugby League. There you go. I, I just... What a pass, Philly. Oh, it was it was a cheeky pass, w- without a doubt. I mean, clinical in Chicho Arango. I mean, he basically got blessed. Two amazing goals. He got blessed a brace. Thought he'd have a hat trick, but blessed a brace. Again, 18 goals since he joined LAFC. And that's how the first half is going to end. Three goals, five shots on target, six shots altogether. Our passing accuracy was amazing at 85%. And Overall, a really good first half. There were times where I feared that Orange County would get themselves back in the game. Again, if we go back to that eighth minute, if Olowski's goal would have cleared McCarthy, that would have been what... It doesn't matter what league we're talking about. That's like a goal of the year candidate within its own right. Here nearly Zlatan McCarthy. McCarthy nearly Tyler Millard himself by being far out of position. And I'd have to watch the replay again, but still, I mean, he put LAFC in a situation where they had to operate off of a corner kick and, you know, have to play that set-piece defense, which, as we know, last season wasn't great. Wasn't great at all, but still, that's how the first half ended, and it was highly entertaining. It was. Look, this, this was the first half that people had come out there for, and I thought for sure, all right, we're up three nothing. That definitely means we're not going to see Kellen Acosta. That definitely means we're not going to see Carlos Vela. And Steve Trondolo looked at me and he said, hold my beer. All right. All right, Steve. <laughs> hold his party beer uh, because I, that's where we drank with him. Oh, party beer. That's right. Uh, that being said, coming into the second half, only one change. And it was a little bit of a surprise. I think then what this means, and obviously, Philly, we can talk about this real quick. Mama Dufal coming into the second half. Mama Dufal not going to be making the trip to beautiful Cincinnati, Ohio. As he is yellow card, yellow card accumulation, mellow yellow mama do. So maybe they were, uh, maybe they were just saving Daniel Henry for that starting spot. I believe it'll be Jesus David Mario, who, like Anthony Davis, for most of you Laker fans for the season, there was in street clothes on the sidelines there, along with Brian Rodriguez, by the way, Brian and Maxime Cropo. There were several players. So I love it when they pan over and they're just like trying to sit there with their families and everything else. And nope. Uh, they got a camera right there in their face. Uh, that was uh, a little bit of a surprise, I guess. I thought Daniel might go the full 90, but I think he's going to go the full 90 against FC Cincinnati. So Mama Dufal, the only sub at the half, but Philly, 
Uh, that would not be the end of the scoring for LAFC, not by a long shot, although I'll say this. However. However, I thought the next 15 minutes, even though it, it sort of looked like Philly, that Orange County was thinking, all right, if we can just pull one back and make it 3-1, maybe there's a way where we can slip something past, somehow get it to 3-2. At that point, all we do is throw everything forward trying to get the third. But we weather the storm, Philly. I think the storm is that first 15 minutes, right, of the second half. I really thought that they played well. Alex Villanueva, that kid that we talked about earlier. Great really, head of hair, by the way. Yeah, right? And, and also, it's... He's got good instincts. He's trying to create chances. I really like this kid. But in the 63rd minute, like I said, Steve Chirundolo, hold my beer. He brought in Thor's hammer Mjolnir. That would be Carlos Vela, Kellen Acosta, and Cal Jennings. In the, the 11th's finest, baby. Right? So you've got Sifu coming out, Mahala coming out, Chicho coming out. Can we just really... Can we talk about the embarrassment of riches that is LAFC? You're up 3 nothing in a third-round Wednesday night Open Cup match against USL side Orange County Soccer Club. And who do you bring off the mat? Not just Cal State University's finest, Cal Jennings. But you bring in U.S. men's national team key contributor, Kellen Acosta, and, oh, by the way, the best player in Major League Soccer history, Carlos Vela, you bring in those two Jinkies. guys off the bench, up 3 nothing. If you're Orange County, you're waving the orange flag. That's it. You're done. That's, Wouldn't you're, it be the red flag yeah, scarf? Just, let's see what I did with the, It depends the, on like your, your, your color, right. eye, orange County, blindness. So orange County. All right, all right, all right. Orange, just making sure we don't want to confuse people here. I, I, Philly, what I was excited for, we almost had a giggity goal. It was one minute earlier. I was really... I Cal, could you just have... Waited on that ponytail, beautiful goal. One Don't blame time. Cal. Blame Franco Escobar because he's the one who got the assist. And it was a beautiful lead up to that play. But Franco Escobar, beautiful pass. Philly, Cal Jennings. And you know who was marking him in that? His doppelganger, number 25 on the other side, was actually marking him too. It was like watching two Cal Jennings. It was it was multiverse, bizarro world Cal Jennings guarding Cal <laughs> like Jennings. Like a Wario version right, of Cal right. Jennings. <laughs> it's Cal Jennings doppelganger. And, and just like that, we're up for nothing. And what you saw out on the pitch was Orange County break. That was it. For nothing. Philly, I thought that was it. All right, we're going to win for nothing. Everything is great. Love it. Yeah, but four minutes later, four minutes, a, a certain captain, the actual captain of LAFC, decided to insert himself into the lineup. And I'm not going to lie, seeing Carlos Vela come off the bench in a match that we were significantly up on, thought, oh my God, with his injury history, why is he doing this? And at right? one point, he did take a knock where he was oh. down, where it's oh. just like, this This would have been the turnaround point of when, hey, <laughs> kind of like you know the Family Guy Mets thing. Here's the opening pitch, and there's the season. It was one of those moments. But Vela had an amazing pass 
to Danny the Moose, and the Moose got loose, yet again kicked Orange County in the caboose for his second goal of the game, a fantastic goal. LAFC has now scored its fifth goal of the season. They have not scored five goals at all this season. This is the most number of goals coming from the black and gold since Bob Bradley's tenure. This is pretty awesome. I guess my only question is then, why do we need Brian Rodriguez and Chicho Arango if we've got Cal Jennings and Danny Masovsky, baby? And you want to talk about an embarrassment of riches. I mean, Danny uh, Cal Jennings coming in from you know Las Vegas Lights, but the leader in goals in the USL Championship with six, Danny Trejo. Yeah. That's another player waiting in the he's, mix. He's unfortunately not in a black and gold contract. We got to get that guy. Yeah, well, you do. I mean, we don't know whether or not the lights are going to dissolve yeah. next season. Oh, they, they, they're going to dissolve next season. Bre- breaking news. What if we buy them? Don't. With what? Bank loans. <laughs> Debt. I like it. Hey, that's how America runs off of debt. Right? So Danny Wasowski with the goal. The brace that I had predicted happens. Now all of a sudden it's 5 nothing. Ryan Hollingshead coming in for Franco Escobar. A great 72 minutes, Philly, for Franco Escobar. Able yeah. to get back out there on the pitch. That was nice. And, and look, to me it was all about after that substitution with Ryan Hollingshead, I thought, okay, the whole rest of the match is about to be uh, uh, contingent upon – John McCarthy keeping a clean sheet. The whole rest of the match, all of like 54 seconds later, when it's Eric Kubo Torres, that's right, Kubo, the legend, how the mighty have fallen, a right-footed shot from the center of the box to the bottom right corner. And look, it was one of those plays where it, it landed at its feet, as his, at his feet after ricocheting off of about seven or eight different players. So congrats, Kubo. You scored at point-blank range on a ball that wasn't even intended for you. I'm not going to be bitter. I'm not going to be bitter. 5-1. But the the moment, excuse me, Philly, that you mentioned to me, the lump in the throat, the heart in your chest, 77th minute, and obviously frustrated Eric Kubo Torres is shown a yellow card for a bad tackle from behind. Philly, why did it have to be on Carlos Vela? Why wouldn't it be on Carlos Vela? I mean, they share a history and something common. That's the fact that, you know, they had a little bit of tenure at Chivas Guadalajara. Um, Yeah, but I mean, again, had Carlos gotten hurt and injured, something that would have potentially derailed this season? Well, nobody would have been as bullish on Steve Chirondolo's uh, substitution pattern because, honestly, up to this point, he was doing a great job subbing players in, doing what he did. I'll say, again, another great thing that he hasn't done is give that captain's armband to one Cheeky Palacios, and Cheeky played his best game. Again, it's little things like that. I mean, being a player's coach, I mean, Chirondolo's been doing a really, really good job in we're still in the early parts of the season. Our his first U.S. Open Cup game. I mean, at this point, I mean, he's. It took him an entire season to win six games. Yeah, it only took him eight games. Eight games to win six to win right six. now. Obviously, look, we can't compare like the 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 tools that he had then versus the tools that he has now. But yep. I mean, we're we're off to a darn good start. I mean, sometimes you play down to the level of your competition. I mean, we see what the Galaxy did against the Loyal. I mean, that was. I would have gotten more enjoyment out of watching like Burbank High School's JV boys team play. That was they, one of the they most could have a good team. Game. I've never seen Burbank's JV boys team. Yeah, it could be good. But I mean, like you watch a game like that, right? And at some point, the second half, 
the Loyal were a much better team than the Galaxy. The Galaxy got by because Cabral had one of the most Cabral-esque kind of goals. <laughs> Whiffed on a bunny, it came off the post, and then he slammed it in. Right. Um, but with LAFC, again, a team that wants to make a statement, five goals in a game, I think only, what, San Jose has scored more goals in U.S. Open Cup than LAFC has. Yeah, look, I want to throw something out there for you. I think what we saw from Carlos Vela is what we are going to see And Atlanta, from- sorry. Uh, Atlanta have and New Atlanta NYC, had six. NYC, NYC, didn't NYCFC also have six too? Or was that on? That was on like RSL. That was on RSL. That was on RSL. All right, so yeah, San Jose had yeah. five on Bay City's FC. Bay City's good sandwiches. And then Atlanta United put up six on Chattanooga. So right. I stand corrected. So I think what we saw tonight, everybody is a glimpse into the future. It's like that Conan O'Brien skit. In the year 2000. Don't worry, you guys will Google it. That'll be fine. I think we saw future Carlos Uh, Vela tonight, Philly. We saw future Carlos Vela. You want to know why? Why? When Carlos Vela was inserted into the lineup, to me, that was my wait. What? What? Moment, because he wasn't inserted as an attacker. He, who was the only player, only position player, only frontline player, Philly, not Thomas Romero, who was the only player that did not come in off the 18 today. Elias Sanchez. Which number does he wear? Six. All right. Guess what Carlos Vela came in to play today, Philly. He said, Ilya, you've got the night off. They're bringing me in in the 72nd minute to play the six. Carlos Vela, absolutely. If you guys are watching that game, please go back and watch from the 72nd minute on. Carlos Vela was not an attacker for 90% of the time that he was out there. Carlos Vela was playing the six. And because Carlos Vela played the six, Cal Jennings got a goal. Danny Musovsky got a goal. It's like LeBron with that awful Cavaliers team that had like, I forget who it was. It was like Booby Gibson and Smush Parker <laughs> and Zadrunas. Greatest Ogalskis. names ever. Right? This Booby team and was, Smush. This team was terrible. Booby wants Smush Smush. <laughs> Hey, this team was terrible, and LeBron wills them to things because he's a superhuman talent. Philly, we saw Carlos Vela playing the six. Could that be a harbinger of things to come over the life of his contract? Maybe it's not an 18-month deal. Maybe it's a three-year deal. Maybe it's a four-year deal. That's being a bit optimistic. But what I'm saying Or is, crazy. Maybe this is Steve Chirondolo's way of saying, Carlos, not only do I want you here as our best striker, as the best player in MLS, but when those skills start to erode a little bit, what he is still going to have is that pinpoint passing, Philly. And I think that's where he absolutely shreds the defenses. Carlos Vela playing the six got LAFC five tonight. Yeah, it's... Pretty darn cool, man. Five to one, our biggest win of Huge. the season. Huge. Our biggest win of the season. And again, you could argue that, again, it's against the USL side. It doesn't matter, man. Like, there's MLS teams that bowed out right? to teams that had no business even being in the game with them. I mean, look at Detroit City FC. What an amazing game against the Columbus Crew. Uh, a team that hadn't lost at home and a team that hadn't won on the road. And it just, it was impeccable game. Yeah. And so this US Open Cup, the games that we've gotten to see over the course of the last two days, highly entertaining i didn't get a chance to see atlanta united put up six but not gonna lie i thoroughly enjoyed watching lafc put up five against the orange curtain good game really good feeler not a very big crowd at bank of california stadium i i will say that the 3252 was well 
eh, maybe two thirds of, right. of what it would be. Right. I'm not going to say it was half that, but eh, not as many people. Uh, you got to give shout out to the Orange County. Uh, supporters, they they came in in their school bus, and it was kind of cool. There were seven of them. I was certainly looking forward to seeing their mascot. His name is Gnarly, and he clearly comes from the same family as uh, right. Gritty from the Philadelphia Flyers. Right. We didn't get a chance to see him, but we saw an LAFC win, and the best LAFC win we've seen in the Steve Chirondolo era, and that was certainly worth the cost of admission. No, you are 100% correct. I do want to throw another little nugget out there for all of you supporters of the black and gold. It's a name you've heard once before. Speaking of these, this was played at Monroe Community College. Rochester, New York FC bested FC Motown four to three on penalty kicks after tying, or excuse me, drawing 2-2 in regular time. Rochester went down to 10 men in the 51st minute. And by the way, they went down to nine men in the 85th minute, but they went down to 10 men in the 51st minute. That red card, good old Lamar Batista for <laughs> LAFC. Wanted to throw that out there. That was kind of fun. Philly, the Open Cup is fun, man. The Open Cup is where, you know, dreams can come true for players like Cal Jennings and Danny Musovsky. I do want to mention, Philly, I, um, I don't know how many Major League Soccer teams by the end of the season are going to have 12 different players score. But I can tell you that after seven regular season games and one open cup game, LAFC now has 12 different players who have put the ball in the back of the net. I mean, there's teams out there that haven't had more than two or three players put the ball in the back of the net. So we've said this uh, over the course of the past couple of games. This is very much a team, very much a team environment. These guys are clearly playing for not only us, the badge, the supporters, but they're playing for each other. And clearly they're not being selfish if 12 players find the back of the net. That's pretty darn impressive over the course of eight games. Yeah, I just looked. I know last year was a down year, right? Last year was a down year. Over the course of the entire year, we had 12 players score. We had 12 players score. And here's the interesting part about that, Philly. Let's let's read from the bottom up. You tell me where they are. Tristan Blackman still with LAFC? Nope. No. How about Kim Moonwant? No. How about Edward Atuesta? No. How about Corey Baird? No. How about Diego Rossi? No. And still, we've been able to fill five of those spots with goal scorers already. We had 12 players score all of last year. We have 12 players who have scored this year already. Dolo ball in full effect, Philly. The draw is tomorrow at 9 a.m. to see who we play next. I don't, when is the game, when are, when's the next pool for those games? When is that supposed to be? Let's see. U.S. Open Cup. Schedule. While he's going out and researching that, I have a challenge for you. Oh the first person to DM Defenders of the Bank and let us know who is the only and we're talking like since 96, the only non-MLS side to win the U.S. Open Cup. If you, the first person to DM us the answer, the team, and the players that scored the goal will send you a free Defenders of the Bank gift. So wait, the question is, I just want to be clear because it was a little confusing at first. Oh boy. Since MLS started sending teams to the Open Cup. Which would have been since 96. Right. Because U.S. Open Cup was obviously far different prior to MLS. Who's the only non-MLS team since that time? To win. To win the Open Cup. That is correct. Can I win the 
defenders for you thing. Are you ever able to win any of the contests on 110? I am not. So then there is your answer. You shall not win. I, I can't win. Okay. All right, so I'm looking. Not I, when you're with me, baby. I see all these. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Ready? April 22nd, which is in... Two days. It's A tomorrow. Day. All right, it's tomorrow. April 22nd, round of 32 draw. So what happens is the eight higher-seeded Division One teams enter, and those are the some of the other teams that we haven't seen so far in Major League Soccer because they've won different things throughout the last year or so. So April 22nd, that's Friday. Friday, April 22nd is when we have the draw to see who we play. May 10th and 11th. May 10th and 11th is the round of 32. And then they draw on May 12th. And then May 24th and 25th is the round of 16. After that, look, we got some stuff in June. And the final is in September, Philly. (laughs) September. Jinkies, that is a... Long, long time. Right? They played two games in about two weeks in May, and then they played two games in about a week in June, and then it's waiting until September. So we'll see how it goes, but we made it this far, Philly. We might as well, like they say in Major League, win the whole bleeping thing, right? So I'm excited, Philly. We're, we're going to be back at the bank May 1st to, ca- to take on the Loons, with their backup keeper, Tyler Miller, and their starting keeper, the former forward Madison Flamingo, Dane St. Clair. <laughs> so that'll be fun. Also a member of the U.S. men's Canadian national team, Dane St. Clair. He said U.S. men's Canadian men's national team. I did. The he Department did. of... De- Department of... The Department. <laughs> the- <laughs> Philly has gone bye-bye, everybody. <laughs> it's, it's, it's after midnight. I mean, we've It been is at after this. midnight. You guys... Look, this has been really fun. We're going to come back and do it again in just like four days, Philly. FC Cincinnati. Hey, yeah. Two consecutive USL teams. (laughs) Oh, man. It's going to be fun. Hopefully, we're talking about three points after that. Philly, your your thoughts. So... On this game or on life in general? No, you said you, you said you wanted to end the pod with some Philly Yeah, thoughts. so I'm just going to let you all know this. Again, there's an episode that you guys have missed, episode 188. That's going to be coming out. It's going to be Jonathan Reimer of Shoulder to Shoulder fame and my broadcasting partner for the Ontario Fury, giving you that game recap against Sporting Kansas City because, well, Sunday was a rough day for me. I... I He's a he's been a member of this defenders family. We've talked about him over the course of many pods. If yep. you follow me, I post about him all the time. I sadly had to put Schmitty McMittens down, and I, and I got to tell you, it's top five most heartbreaking moments in my life. But he was such a big part of our family, Amanda and I, and obviously like defenders. When we when we when it was his time to go, it was literally Jr. Nina, myself, and Amanda in a room with him, all huddled around him wearing an LAFC blanket covering him trying to keep him warm yep. and that was you know his his goodbye he was with us and like it, it it broke my heart again top five worst moments of my life and so my point is enjoy the time that you have with your family enjoy the time you have with your friends i tragically lost my best friend in new york a month ago only to have 30 days turn around and I, I lose my the love of my life my cat my point is enjoy every moment having lafc having the club having your family friends is what makes things great but obviously don't neglect hugging them loving on them because friday i had no idea that schmitty had any issues 
It started going downhill quickly. I took him to the vet just for a routine thing and only to be told he has, doesn't have any more time to live. I mean, I'm still gutted by it. So that sort of is my point. But I wanted to take a moment to just shout out my beloved, beloved cats. The, again, the love of my life. Schmitty, I love you, buddy. And in some weird way, I know you're still with us. Your hairs are still over some of our podcast equipment. And honestly, <laughs> I, I, I don't even want to clean it because I just want to envision you there. I'm appreciative of the fact that we're at Nina's place because typically when we record the pod, we go back to Philomonster Studios yep. and I'm up till two, three in the morning while everybody's asleep. But Schmitty was either right next to me or right behind the laptop as I was editing. So whether you heard him, his voice or not, or whether we talked about him enough, he was literally part of 187 episodes of Defenders of the Bank. And I just, I wanted to give a shout out to my handsome little man. I love you, buddy, wherever you are. Crossing that rainbow bridge, God bless you, and I, I hope to see you again. That's sort of what gives me a little hope, is just getting to be able to hold you in my arms and stare in those big, beautiful, big, beautiful blues of you. God bless you, pal, and I'll never forget you. You will always be part of Defenders of the Bank. And, and I do want to say one other thing. The outpouring of love and support when Philly posted and Amanda posted about everything. Um, Defenders Nation, you guys came together to... To really lift Philly and and Amanda up in that moment and in these moments that, that, you know, he's obviously, you guys were still going through some stuff, right? Like, I don't like cats. I love that cat. Um, I have never been part of an experience like that on Sunday either. And it was, it was rough. It was real rough. Not just to see Schmitty in that condition, but then to see two of my best friends in the whole world in that condition. And then obviously Nina was there too. Very emotional moment for all of us. But the fact that there was an outpouring of love from the millions <laughs> <laughs> and millions, the, it was it, it really did. We we look. We started the millions and millions thing. Kind of it was. It's a tongue in cheek thing, right? It's it's goes back to some WWE stuff. Like we we have fun with it. You guys really did make it feel like the millions and millions supporting all of us out there. Um, I I figured out very quickly that Philly had posted something about Schmitty because all of a sudden on my phone, it was notification after notification after notification of outpouring of love uh, for not just uh, Philly and Amanda, but obviously for that dude. And and we loved him him so much. So thank you, Defenders Nation. Yeah, You guys really helped uh, and are continuing to help. I can't tell you how many people, Philly, I can't imagine what it's like, by the way, because you had a ton of people coming up to you and saying, you know, how sorry they were and everything else. And you kind of have to go through that every single moment. But people came up to me and the very first thing that they said to me was, hey, have you have you seen Philly and Amanda? I want to say hi. I want to give them mm-hmm. a hug. I want to make sure they're okay. Uh, I mean, it, it was and is and continues to be such an incredible community, this LAFC, yeah. this black and gold that we are a part of. So thank you guys so much. Um, on behalf of all of us at Defenders and, of course, uh, you know, for, for Philly and Amanda, who I know are going through some stuff still with this and will be for quite some time because that little furball man, he was pretty rad. So He was. I mean, if he made a non-cat lover yep. or believer. Dude, I'm allergic to him, and I put my face next to his face every single time I saw him. I'm, I'm, I couldn't breathe on the way home. <laughs> every, 180, you said he was part of 187 episodes. <laughs> Literally was, in the room. He was part of 187 nights where I was like, why did I put my face next to the guy? I can't sleep, can't breathe. <laughs> 
And I would wake up the next day, but you know, nobody loved that cat. We're all good. So, <laughs> you know, I think about, you know, the moment when that picture that I posted of all the five of us wearing yep. our masks, like there was a video, I have to find it somewhere where you're literally <laughs> screaming at the top of your lungs and he just starts looking at you in this like, he's like horror and disgust. Like what the hell is wrong with you? He just, he, he, he had that about him and it was just, oh, he's yeah. such a beautiful, beautiful cat. Yep. I, not just physically, but just, ah, I mean, I'm going to be hurting for a while, Defenders. So if you see me and I'm just not as talkative or I'm not as engaging, please don't take any offense to it. Kick him in the junk. Yeah, don't do that either. But just know that this is going to be something that's going to be ailing me for a while. But I, again, I appreciate all of you. And at some point, I'm going to respond to each and every one of you. But a big shout out to everybody that I spoke with on social media at the bank today. And and overall, I love you guys. Thank you so much. And again, rest in peace to my beloved Schmitty McMittens. And with that, on a on a relatively somber but hopefully joyous note, just want to give I, just, together, I wanted to give the kid his, his send off. No, and, man. and honestly, like I the, fell apart last episode. I needed d- you did. Um, Defenders Nation though came together to pick us up. And with that, this open cup, this joyous win, and celebrating a good dude. You guys know how we like to end every single one of our episodes. Bye bye.